A vaccine for SARS-CoV-2, the respiratory virus that causes COVID-19, is of course in development. The question is, would you get the vaccine? We're going to talk about that and a whole lot more. Stay tuned. You're listening to The Purple Stethoscope. I am your host, Devin Nixon, family nurse practitioner. None of the information in this podcast is sufficient nor intended to diagnose your personal medical issue, but there's a lot to learn, so let's start the show. It is still May, and May is Mental Health Awareness Month, you know. I've been thinking a lot about how quarantine has affected our mental health and thinking about, you know, um, re-entry, re-entering into the world after we've been so isolated and secluded for so long and how that affects our mental health, you know. Uh, some of the things that I've been doing for myself, I've really gotten into vegetables and plants, and I've seen an uptick in this um, all over the place. Uh, when I say I've gotten into vegetables, I've always loved vegetables. I love um, salads. I love cooking. I, I've always been more of a vegetable person than a fruit person, if that makes sense. Um, but I am good for an apple here and an orange there. And my favorite, the pear. Um, but I'm derailing. <laughs> I've been thinking more about gardening, more about getting uh, locally sourced organic food, trying to find out what that looks like. Um, and that has been a chore, to be honest. A lot of the local farms, at least in my area, are not either not producing as much or it's just harder to come by or the numbers are down. There's a lot of, you know, the box delivery services that are on a suspension or they're not delivering right now for God only knows what reason out of the many that we could think of given the pandemic. I started using um, Imperfect Foods and they have a delivery service and it's been really great. I've been playing with recipes and food that I wouldn't normally buy. Um, zucchini is in season and I've had some wonderful zucchini. Um, I love beets. Oh my gosh, I got a beet so big in my box and I just peeled it and, and cut it up and boiled it and made a wonderful, wonderful beet smoothie that I drank for two days. Um, celery, juicing celery through me. Because celery, you, you got to be careful with celery juice. I got a headache. I, I took just a shot size portion of it. And um, and that's been fun. And, you know, just playing with different recipes, different things, trying to be even that much more healthier, um, that much more healthy, if my mother's listening. <laughs> um, another thing I've been kind of getting into is plants and just thinking about plants and how they, you know, filter the air, like natural air filters. I've been looking into, I have a snake plant on the way, and I've been looking into other plants, um, trying to find some pet-friendly plants that uh, are air cleaners as well, just loving the green and just really embracing that. That's the Taurus in me, y'all. Um, but yeah, that's that's what I've been indulging in lately and kind of learning more about gardening and and how to um, raise plants and be a good plant mother, you know? Um, but anyway, I 
I wanted to record an episode and kind of discuss um, re-entry into the world and what that would look like and and some of the things associated with uh, opening up, you know, uh, lifting the restrictions that have to do with the pandemic. And I've thought a lot about um, what that might look like, mandates that we may or may not see, um, our trust in what those different requirements may or may not be. Will there be a vaccine? Will we be required to take the vaccine? Um, What will we decide as individuals and as a society is okay when it comes to mandatory vaccination? Y'all, I've been thinking about all of it. Um, if you follow me on Instagram at D the NP, you've probably seen this conversation happening over there, but I wanted to have it here too, because I think it's an important conversation, especially for those of us who find ourselves at the intersection of black during a pandemic. Uh, and that's not to say that if you're not black, Uh, The rest of this episode doesn't apply to you. I actually think it's really important for non-Black people to listen uh, to what it is that we deal with, how we come to our conclusions and decision-making, and even ask yourself, if you were in this position, what would you maybe think or feel or how would you navigate all of the layers that come with hundreds and hundreds of years of uh, oppression and systemic racism. Uh, So those are the things that have been on my mind. And I'm really excited to have this conversation with a good friend of mine. You may remember Daryl, one of the guests on the second episode of the podcast. (laughs) We were talking about primary care and he was in the group of non-medical people who were discussing their experiences with basically the healthcare system. Well, I've got Daryl back today, and we're talking about clinical research and vaccination. Welcome back to the show, Daryl. Devin, what's up? Oh, you know, just trying to keep it together in this quarantine life. How are you? (laughs) Same, same, just, you know, in limbo with everybody else in the world. It's crazy because I strongly feel like before things actually will ever go back to normal, we are going to have a massive push to be vaccinated against the coronavirus. Mm-hmm. And so I've just been thinking about that a lot lately. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm curious on how, you know, these uh, upcoming weeks and maybe like a month or so was going to happen because, you know, out here we're waiting for, you know, phase two. You know, it's, it's we have a date but we all know that, um, like, the data and just people dying or getting infected has nothing. Like, they don't give a damn about dates. So, things that we can say June 1st and <laughs> people are still dying, you know, it's yeah. not going to, it's going to get pushed back. So, it's kind of like, I don't know. And then we have to, at the same time, we still have to, we have to live. Like, right. and the, like people have to work. You know, like, we, we truly can't stay in the apartment for six like for six more months right. you know that that's not possible but how can we be smart about it and 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 like what's the solution here like you work 
in the field. This is what you do, like knowing that you have to live and there's people that we both know that can't afford groceries. Right. We, we can't, this, this, it's, kind of, it's like lose-lose, you know, like, like is it bankrupt and, and, and broken homeless or like on your deathbed? Yeah. And I do want to remind, you know, listeners that the death rate of COVID is actually low. The vast majority of people get sick and get better or don't have symptoms at all. But people are dying. There's over 100,000 deaths in the nation. And that's just that. I mean, it's crazy. It's so real. And it's crazy. Um, So we were talking about this as a family yesterday because I feel like children won't be able to go back to school until a vaccine is available. And this is nothing I've read anywhere. This is nothing. I don't have the inside scoop. I'm just thinking about herd immunity, you know. And before our kids can ever go to school, they have to be vaccinated against measles, mumps, rubella, you know, chicken pox. Like there's different things that we are required by law. Like if your kid's going to go to a public school and be around other kids, they have to have these vaccinations. Now, if you sign a waiver, you know, there's opportunities to sign waivers um, for vulnerable people and people who have religious beliefs that, you know, are opposed to taking vaccines and and other reasons. But we know in science that if you have 70% of a population immunized, then you have what's called herd immunity, which basically means most like people that you're going to run into are going to have immunity to a disease. So if that disease hits them, the next person that they come in contact with, they're not transmitting it. They're not viral shedding, as we call it, or, or what have you, right? And so knowing that, I'm like, I think the vaccine's going to become available and they're going to be pushing for 70% immunity before our kids are able to return to school. And I just, I have to say again, I did not get that information from any reliable source. I'm just thinking my way through this, you know, as a scientist, like, like other people are thinking their way through it, regardless of their background. And the, the, one of the challenges here is that you know, evidence-based practice is just that, you know, it's, it's based on who the evidence is gathered from. And that's where clinical trials come into play, you know. So while I was doing my nerdy things that I do, some people, you know, scroll through the internet looking for laughs or whatever. I'm, I'm such a nerd. I was on clinicaltrials.gov looking for <laughs> the vaccine, um, you know, studies. And I had to ask myself, would I participate in a vaccine development study? You know, and it was a tough question. Um, And I want to ask you that question as somebody who doesn't have, you know, a background in science or medicine. Would you participate in a vaccine development study? Why or why not? seeing you post this on your Instagram, I was, it was, I think it was a really good question and you got really good feedback as well. And it, it was interesting because I asked myself the same question and, um, I don't know, probably not. I, well, mostly, no, I, I, <laughs> I for sure will not mainly because it's, it's, 
I don't I don't trust it, you know. And I'm not a huge conspiracy theories, um, uh, huge conspiracy theory, but I just don't trust it. Me being black in America, right? You know, I there's things that uh, that like we read, and it seems like that it didn't happen. That it that you you don't. That it didn't really have you being black and American. You hear all about these stories a long time ago, like, you know, uh, Black Wall Street or, you know, studies like the, uh, what happened to Tuskegee uh, with the syphilis. And right. it's like those things really happened. Right. You know, it's, 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 um, it's not a movie when, when you see <laughs> some black kid get killed in the middle of the street. You know, like, like people will watch things and, and will never truly understand it, you know? So, so I'm not one, you know, I'm not going to talk about other conspiracy theories, but this is not a conspiracy. Like, this is real life. These, these studies happen, like, like to black people. You know, right. there's things that's been designed and I see in front of my eyes that somebody can really get killed in the middle of the street and somebody will never, they, they can't. They can't understand that. Like they can't, they, they can't wrap around their heads. When that's why it's always a reason that people get in these debates and fights on Facebook about like what was he running for? Like or he ran in front of like <laughs> we're really talking about this. Like right. somebody's life, somebody somebody got killed. You know, this isn't just somebody getting punched or, or tasered, but somebody like I don't know any kind of speculation or any any assumption is worth somebody's life. Right. You know, so, so that right there, like I that that is a lift that is a life that I'm I'm living right now currently. Like, like I've been through certain things and I've been stopped and and they said some that you know, um, you it's just some off the wall stuff. Like like dang, y'all really just not trying to hide it anymore. So right. no, when it comes to a study, no, yeah. no, I I can't I I no, this is no. I hear you. I hear you. And I just for backstory, if there are listeners who don't know what the Tuskegee syphilis experiment was, um, and I should say there have been multiple experiments like it. There have been um, people who are subject to medical in experimentation that don't even know that they're subjects of a study. And in that study in particular, what they were looking to see was what would happen, how far would syphilis go if it was never treated to at all, you know? If they didn't intervene with an antibiotic, just how bad is this disease? Um, and, it, you know, when you think about science and you think about costs and you think about, um, you know, trying to figure out a risk versus a benefit, you know, do we put our money behind a vaccination if the disease itself isn't that bad? Where the study went crazy there, and, and for context, y'all, this was the 1970s. We're not talking about 1860s or, you know, the turn of the century. We're talking about the 1970s. Like, my parents were married when this was going on. Um where that study went like obscenely crazily left is when they saw people getting very ill and continued to let it progress and did not intervene with drugs and with antibiotics that they, you know, by then probably knew would help them to get better. Um, in a study, you have 
two groups, basically. Um, you've got a group that is getting what is believed to be a worthwhile and effective treatment of a disease, and then you have a placebo group, which is getting, um, you know, a, a placebo, or a sugar pill, if you will, or, or something that they believe is may or may not be the treatment. When people sign up for studies, one of the things that they understand is that what they're getting may or may not um, be the, the treatment that's being studied. There is so much in our history of people not even having informed consent. Um, so I totally understand where you and a lot of the people who responded on the Instagram post are coming from. Like, no. Um, and it and it complicates things in, in a way that it's like, okay, evidence-based practices are standard, but who is that evidence based on? And when we don't participate in, uh, in clinical trials, it's, it's not based on us. Um, so I'm curious also then to ask you this, what, once the vaccine is developed and approved, the trials are done, it's proved to be effective, would you get it? No, I'm gonna chill for about a cool little two, two, three years. See, uh, see how it's working in, in other people. But no, nah, not yet, not yet. I see. Yeah, um, this kind of reminds me of the Gardasil vaccine, the vaccine against um, some of the strains of uh, human papillomavirus or HPV. And that virus causes uh, cervical cancer. It's a vaccine that literally protects against cancers caused by the human papillomavirus. And I, I remember when the, the vaccine came out, I was a mom and I had um, a kid who fell into that age group. And uh, it was like, oh, heck no, you're not going to inject my child with, <laughs> with a virus that um, could that we know causes cancer in hopes of her not developing cancer. And I just remember at this point, I wasn't a nurse. I wasn't a nurse practitioner, but I was just like, it just came out like, no, uh, -uh. <laughs> not doing it. Um. <laughs> just, I don't know. It's just insane to even think about, like just thinking about going along with it and getting injected, you know, injected with the, <sighs> but there's science behind it. It's not like, People are just, you know, it's not like the, the pox parties where they bring a bunch of kids together. One of the kids got chicken pox and they and they um, run around and play together. So they all get it and develop immunity. It's, it's, not, it's not like that. I mean, it's it's approved. Right. And then the other part to that is if you go online and and just start Googling, you will read the most horrific stories ever. Uh, but the stories of all the people who get the vaccine and do just fine aren't there in your Google search. So it's really a tough intersection as a black woman and a nurse practitioner to to think through all of this. Daryl, I want to ask you, so you've declined the vaccine. Are you willing to mask and socially distance indefinitely? Yes. Wow. I think I think the. Yeah, I think I am. Um, I'm not social a lot, but I feel like I'm a hermit, you know, and then if I'm not, I can kind of keep my distance and we're not. I don't know. I think I could. I think I'd be okay with it. 
So I have to ask you then, um, you have a job. Yeah. And um, at my job, if you decline to get a flu shot, then you have to wear a mask at work through flu season. Okay. Or you can't come to work, you know. Um, and so it almost sounds like when you say that, that you say that from a place of privilege, you know, like, well, yeah, I'll mask and socially distance, but how does that affect work? Like if you couldn't go to work and, and earn your, your, um, means to pay your bills, I mean, does that change it at all for you? Or would you be like, nope, not going, you know? I don't know, I guess it's easy to say in my situation right now, but if I was around a lot of people whole year round and I had to get the vaccine, then that would be a tough, you know, I'd be in a tough position. I don't know. Um, I would get it. And then, yeah, I would get it. You would get the vaccine. Yeah, that's what my situation was. And I see. Yeah. But because that's not your situation and you're not around people all the time, you're like, I will just wear a mask when I have to go out. Yeah, and I can and I can kinda yeah, I can kinda chill. But again, if I'm not getting the vaccine, it's it's only me kinda waiting for a certain period of time, then I'll get the vaccine. Gotcha. You know, just kinda Yeah. You know, the first couple waves are looking like and you know, because I'm sure I'll have friends and family who decided to, but I know my family, my, you know, my family being black, they're, they'll all be a little on a, uh, we'll see. I don't know yet. Yeah. You know, I don't know. We don't, we don't, we don't, we don't trust the government and us. Yeah. I so. was talking to my mom earlier and she was like, well, I don't trust doctors and I trust the government even less than that. <laughs> it was just like, yeah. okay, mom, I feel you. But again, you know, she's 69. She lived through all yeah. of that, you know, so, and she yeah. was an adult watching yeah. the Tuskegee syphilis experiment news like uh-huh. we're adults watching this COVID stuff. Yeah. Um, I wonder, though, does the history of medical apartheid in the United States, and and really I'm only speaking to the United States because I'm not well-versed enough to speak globally, but I wouldn't be surprised if this um, were an issue everywhere in the diaspora. Um, Is it just too much to ask black people to participate in clinical trials? I mean, is it... Because there's a trade-off, right? We can participate and know how these treatments affect our ethnic group, mm-hmm. or we cannot participate, and then it's a, a dice roll when we're being prescribed treatment later, you know? Or, or, or should we just be pardoned um, from having to be vaccinated? If we're only 13% of the population, then we can achieve herd immunity in theory, without us being mandated to vaccinate. Um, and of course, the caveat to that is when you're in places that are densely populated um, and, and African-American uh, uh, majorities or even just neighborhoods that are black neighborhoods, you know, there, there's not going to be herd immunity there if we don't vaccinate. But should we be pardoned on these mandates? Should our kids be able to return to school if a vaccine is required and we choose not to vaccinate our kids because of our history? I think, I think that's like um, living in a fantasy world. If, if, 
you know, we expected that. That would yeah. be dope if that's how it was. You know, that would be dope. I mean, but, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. You know, no, you're good, but it will be cool. But I don't think, you know, that won't happen, you know. But it's it's also, it's kind of like, I don't know. Do you, you decline, like you said, you decline vaccination, but later on having to take pills because you didn't take it. You know, before you, uh, because or you worse, right? Yeah, or getting really just, sick and dying. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like it's no matter what, it's it's always going to be a battle with us. Yeah, you know? or walk in a hard place for sure. Yep, no matter what, and so it's kind of like we're going to say screw it and go get the vaccination, and then just move on and and hope or pray, and you know that things end up fine, but we never know. And we—that is who we are as a people. We we pray and hope, and and things, some things get better over a really long period of time, and and some things we find ourselves looking at going in twenty twenty. How are we talking about this? You know yeah. what I mean? Um, yeah, I think. Yeah, I can, that's for another conversation because yeah. it is twenty twenty or so. Yeah. <laughs> I think about reparations a lot, and I think that. I'm a fan of reparations, but when you get into the conversation of what those reparations should be, it becomes really convoluted because it's like, I, I would say healthcare and higher ed, we should never have to pay for in this country. But yeah. then you do the back work and you go, well, if, if we have, um, maternal health crisis, you know, and, and our babies are already being born to stressed mothers and stressful situations and every milestone there's, there's another hurdle to clear, you know, pre-K access and school to prison pipeline and, you know, um, uh, employment inequity and income inequality and, you know, even getting, accepted into a, a college or university. I mean, it just goes on and on. Every, every time we clear a hurdle, there's another one. And so it's like, yeah, I, I could you, I, I could see it as being part of like a reparations um, package. Like we're not required or expected to do these things. But then, you know, there's the risk of disproportionately being affected, just like we are with a lot of things in health disparity. Um, right now... Antibody testing is available. Um, you can get SARS-CoV-2 antibody testing, which basically says, have you built up natural immunity to the virus? An example would be, I had chicken pox as a kid. Um, I was joking with a previous guest that I'm an old millennial. <laughs> so I never got a chicken pox vaccination. I got the chicken pox. Um, all five of us kids had it. Funny story. And my parents, I did, we didn't see our parents for like two weeks because my mom would cook dinner and we'd have to stay in our rooms. And then she would ring a cowbell from her bedroom when dinner was ready and our plates were set. And us five kids would come out and eat our food. <laughs> <laughs> and put everything well because my parents never had chicken pox neither one of them and it's it's so um it can be so uh much more worse in and adults than in kids um but anyway so when I went to get into nursing it's like okay you either have to get the varicella which is uh the the scientific name the varicella vaccination or you have to show proof of 
antibody. And so I just, you know, had my blood drawn. It obviously showed that I had natural immunity. I had gotten it in the in the past. And so I didn't have to get the vaccination. With SARS-CoV-2 antibody testing, um, again, this is kind of presumptive or just, you know, thinking about how things have worked in the past and how this might work. We could perhaps, if there was some sort of vaccination mandate, show proof of of antibodies. My question for you is, would you get antibody testing or would you be too worried about, um, you know, like, for instance, um, antibody positive plasma is one of the treatments for people with, um, you know, coronavirus or COVID-19. And so I, I've had this thought, I, I, sound, I sound so unscientific today, but that's okay. <laughs> it's the intersection, right? So I have this thought like, okay, if I go get tested, because again, I'm at hospitals every day working with sick people every day. If I get tested and I'm positive, are they going to be coming after me saying I have to give my plasma? You know, or and can I trust? Yeah, can I trust that they're taking my plasma and not injecting me? I don't know. It's just crazy. But would you would you get antibody testing as a way of being able to prove, hey, I have the antibodies. I'm you know probably COVID immune, um, and and you know bypass the vaccination that way. Yeah, uh, if you do it, yes, I will. <laughs> like you're in the build, you're in the hospitals, yes. If you do it, I will do it. So that's your answer right there. You know what, Daryl? I am so glad that you came back on as a guest. You, you just spoke something that is so important, not just in medicine, but in education and in law enforcement and in politics. It's like you have a trust in me because I get it, right? I have a similar experience to you as a black American, right? And so if I trust in it, if I believe it, you're like, well, I'll do it if you do it. And that, like listeners, like that is like so major. That's why we need us in healthcare. We need us in education. We need us in law enforcement. We need us in you know, politics. It's like, we may not agree with the people who are doing it right now, but one of the best ways to change it, you know, to give us a hope for a future where our voices are amplified is to get in those fields ourselves and start speaking up and speaking out and advocating for our community. So that's what's up. I'm getting mine next week. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Um, let me know. I sure I'll will. Daryl, thanks so much for coming back on the show. It's always great to oh, talk with you. One more thing. I don't yeah. so I never had the chicken pox. Okay. Will I get it later or, or am I good? <laughs> Daryl's a young millennial, y'all. <laughs> did you um did I just know my cousin always like when I grew up, I know my cousin he had it. So he came over. And I think, you know, my mom's uh, somebody that's trying to, you know, like have me get it too, but I don't think I never got it. Yeah. So there's a couple of answers to that question. Um, antibody testing is available for that, so you can find out if you got it and just didn't get super sick, but um, have immunity to it. 
The other thing is there is a vaccination for it. And um, the vaccination for chickenpox, I'm going to try to speak to this. I wish I had uh, Miss Shamika Brooks, my infectious disease uh, sister, MP. Um, but a lot of people who get it get shingles later in life. And shingles is um, atrociously painful. And if you can avoid it, you want to. So there is a shingles vaccination. If you had chickenpox earlier in life, um, the chances of you getting shingles later in life are increased. And so um, that's the purpose of the vaccination so that you don't have to deal with that as an older person, but you could find out if you actually got it or not by getting antibody tested. So great point. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, I can probably get all that next week. Then. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, my whole thing is like, if they, this is literally what went through my mind, you guys, this is how... Left, not I don't even want to say left field. I can go because it's not left field. This is reality, right? I'm black, and I work in medicine. I'm like, well, if antibody testing will get me off the hook for a vaccination, then I want to get my antibody testing before people find that out. And you can't get into a lab because they're all overcrowded and <laughs> everybody's trying to be tested for antibodies. Yeah, so I'm like, yeah, it seems safer too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. For sure. All right, Daryl. Well, again, thank you so much for coming back on the show. It's always so great to hear your perspective on things. You're welcome. This discussion is still going on over on Instagram at D the NP. You can check it out at your thoughts and your comments. I'd love to hear them. We're thinking through this together because we're in this together and it is very layered. Thank you so much for listening. I'll see you next time. And until then, eat fresh and dance. Thank you for listening to The Purple Stethoscope. I'm your host, Devin Nixon, family nurse practitioner. You can find me on social media at D the NP. That's on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and now Patreon. If you like what you heard, go ahead and share this episode and then head over to Patreon to see how you can further support this work. Thank you.